listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. Hi, my name is Amelia. Hi, I'm Marina. And I'm Hannah, and we're the Junior Girls. Today's scripture reading is Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made, and I will bear, I will carry, and will save. This is the the word word of the Lord. If I say the phrase, footprints in the sand, what do you think of? You think of a beach vacation, maybe your honeymoon, kitty prints in the litter box? No, you probably think of that classic allegorical religious poem, right? The one about the guy who's looking back over his life and there's these trails of footprints on a sandy beach and he notices that every time his life got hard, there's only one set of footprints and so he wonders out loud, Jesus, where were you when life was rough? And Jesus says, no, when there's only one set of footprints, that was when I was giving you a piggyback ride. I was there. That's not in the original. In the original it says, I I carried you. So you know the poem. Did you know there's a version of it that we could sing to the tune of Oh Danny Boy? (laughs) And that it only became popular in the 70s? I assumed it had always existed because that was before I was born. Uh, Or that uh, that nobody really knows who wrote it, but people on the internet are fighting about it. Or that I went down the rabbit hole of fan websites of the poem Footprints in the Sand this week. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a cute poem. A lot of people have found, found it meaningful. Uh, it, it, for a while there, it seemed the trend was to cross-stitch the poem and then give it to someone for Christmas, and they would hang it in their guest bathroom. Um, I guess because if you have to use the bathroom at someone else's house, you need to know Jesus is with you. But, uh, okay, besides being sappy, and I apologize um, for those of you that, that love it, besides being slightly sappy. There, there's at least, there is one thing that the poem gets wrong that I would like to correct this morning. There are never two sets of footprints in the sand. There are never two sets of footprints in the sand. There's always only one. Not because God has abandoned you for the entirety of your life, but because God is never not carrying you. God is never not carrying you. And that's how the passage, you just heard it read, that's how the passage Isaiah 46, 3-4 encourages us and comforts us, this passage we're looking at today. Turn there if you haven't already, uh, because I want to explore what it means when it says that God carries us from before birth even unto our old age. So as you're turning there and you're pulling out your notes and doing all of that, I want you to grab onto this key idea write this down, try to figure out a way to worm this into your heart and into your mind. I am never not carried by God. I, not just me, but you know, you, write it down. I am never not carried by God. All right, let's jump in and I'll show you what I mean. Uh, Isaiah 46, verse 3, before I read it, a hit of context in the 40s of Isaiah. We're at this point in Isaiah's writings where he's trying to prepare people, comfort them in advance for an exile that is to come, for bad news that is on the way. And so he writes to them saying, okay, look, it's going to be hard. It's going to be bad. But now he's shifting towards this 
note of, and here's how God is going to rescue you. It's comfort in advance. So where we're picking up in verse 3, he's talking to the group of people that are left at the end of a long exile. So he calls for their attention. Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant, all those who are left of the house of Israel. And then he goes on to four times remind them who they are. They're the ones being carried. And six times he tells them who he is, the one that made them, the one who carries them, four times, and the one who saves them. Look at these verses. Listen to me, all you who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb. Even to your old age I am he, and to gray hairs I will continue to carry you. I have made and I will bear, I will carry and will save. We've been spending our time in these chapters in the 40s of Isaiah because we, we want to hear the heart of God for weary people. Even as we are weary, we need to know that God's heart is for us and with us, that there is comfort for us from his words. So we look at these verses and, and ask ourselves, well, how is God trying to comfort his people, to show his weary people his heart for them? And he does it by reminding them that for their whole lives, he's been the one who's carried them. Even into an exile that is to come, he promises he will be the one who will continue to carry them. I mean, hopefully you can hear the heart of God dripping from these words, but uh, if, not, if, you, if you don't hear it yet, let, we'll turn to that perennial source of wisdom and comfort, uh, the dictionary. There's three different Hebrew words being used in this passage for carry for bearing a burden. Three different words, and each gets progressively more involved. There's more of a promise in each one. The first one shows up in verse 3 when it says, you who have been born by me from before your birth. This use of the word carry, born by me, is like a, it's the word you would use for a pack animal, right? You're loading up the bags on a donkey. Um, maybe not us so much. We're more like cleaning out the garage, filling the back of the pickup, the bumpers dragging down the road, that kind of bearing a load. It's, it's your minivan when it's full of all of your kids in their soccer uniforms and their bags of stuff and things are falling out of the doors when you open it. It's, it's that sense of to carry something, to bear a burden. But the second word used for to carry, to bear, uh, shows up at the end of verse 3, carried from the womb or carried since you were born, some of your translations may say. Shows up again at the end of verse 4, I've made and I will bear. This is a word where it's, it's more than just, okay, here's a load that I have to shoulder, right? Like your minivan or your pickup truck. This is like, this is a responsibility, a duty that I take on myself. Uh, this is the, the parachutist who packs his own bag. Uh, this is the soldier who bears his fair share of the equipment on a march. Uh, this is, is the person who says, okay, I, I'm... I'm bearing the responsibility for what we do. It's the quarterback shouldering the hopes of his team. It's the, the duty, the responsibility of the person to bear this burden, one that they gladly take on themselves. But there's a third word that goes even further uh, into the idea of sustaining. In verse 4, even to your old age I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I will carry and will save 
This is the, the sense of, okay, I'm, I'm not just lifting you up, but I, I'm pushing you forward. I'm supporting you and sustaining you. It's, uh, it's the, the pace car at the beginning of a race. It's the, um, it's the person running along with a marathoner trying to help them keep going. It's the, the proteins and, and the carbohydrates and trail mix when you're out on a hike. It's the, the laptop that the battery's dead and so it won't run unless it's plugged into the wall. It's, it's God saying, I sustain you, I push you forward, I hold you up, I strengthen you, I sustain your life. Uh, put all that together, and God is saying to the people of Israel, remember, remember who you are, remember you are the ones, uh, the implication is the only ones, you are the only ones I have born since before you were born. You're the only ones I have carried since the moment you were born, from infancy onwards, you are the ones I am, you're the only ones I have chosen to lovingly sustain through lifetimes and generations. It's comfort that they need because they're, they're facing down the seemingly all-powerful gods of Babylon, this nation that is hovering over them. But they're not all-powerful. Back up a couple verses to chapter 46, verses 1 and 2. That's the, the beginning of the song within which we're looking at mostly just verses 3 and 4. But verse 1, Bel bows down, Nebo stoops. They're, these are the gods of Babylon, and it says their idols, you know, the, the physical carved manifestations of these gods, uh, are loaded up on beasts and livestock. These things you carry are born as burdens on weary beasts." They, the, the beasts of burden, they stoop, they bow down together. They cannot save the burden of the idols, but themselves are driven. They go into captivity. In this poetic and sort of songified picture of what the future is going to look like, Isaiah pictures the gods of Babylon, Babylon itself as broken and bent, bowing and stooping. As, as Babylon falls and the city is abandoned, the priests pack up their most precious possessions, the idols, onto the backs of beasts of burden and then drive them out of the city, and you get this wonderfully ironic contrast that where in Israel... God carries his people. In Babylon, the people have to carry their gods. Whereas in Babylon, the gods are a burden to the people. In Israel, the people are a burden to God. In fact, in Israel, the people are never not carried by their God. So that's what the passage teaches us about being carried. Now, what about in that key idea, the part of it about never not? Because most of us don't want to be carried our whole lives, except when it comes to our relationship with God, we are. We are never not carried by God. There's three phases of life that are encompassed, that are in view here in these two verses. And you saw the first in verse 3. Uh, Listen to me, all you who have been born by me from before your birth from before your birth, before you were even born, God says, I was there. It's, it's not just a commentary on life in the womb, as, as precious and invaluable to God as it is, but it's, it's, it's about life before life. 
before they were created, before they took their first breath, before they were born from their mothers, they were born by God. He says, I was there, I carried you. But his care, his, uh, his carrying care doesn't stop when they are born. He, he goes on, uh, what the ESV renders fairly literally carried from the womb. Other translations try to strike more at the meaning of it and say, you know, carried or, or sustained or, or supported from the time you left the womb or, or carried since your birth. Uh, meaning from, from the moment they were born, God has carried them. He has supported them. He has never stopped carrying them. He, he doesn't just pick us up when we come running to Him, crying, needing support and encouragement. He is always carrying us, doggedly holding on to us, constantly carrying us and holding us in His care. So that every time the people of Israel thought that they'd outgrown their need for God's care, or that they had sinned just one time too many and God had thrown them down in disgust, these verses, this song reminds them they are never not carried by God. Carries them from before they were born, carries them from infancy on, and lest we think at some point that he sort of sets us down and lets us go on our way and then only shows up to rescue us when we need it, verse 4 makes the extent of his carrying care explicit. Even to your old age, I am he. By the way, I knew some of you would ask, so I dug into the Hebrew behind old age, and, and here's what it means. Uh, old age. So I can't define exactly when that happens or when that starts, but it has something to do with gray hairs. I know that much. And I was told this week that if you can still pull out the gray hairs one by one in the morning and stay ahead of it, <laughs> no pun intended, um, then you're not old yet. So I'll let you apply that to yourself however you will. Anyway, God is saying, okay, so from before you were born, from the moment you were born, even unto old age and gray hairs, I will continue to carry you. If you can think of a period of life that doesn't fall under those three, let me know, because I couldn't think of one. Point being, before birth, from infancy to old age, God carries his people, no matter what is facing them, exile or no. I mean, verses three and four, this is one stanza out of five in this song, one song out of many that Isaiah records in which he communicates God's heart for weary people by highlighting his constant presence, his constant care, his constant carrying. Because the, the people of God are never not carried by their God. Which is great for Israel to remember, but what about us? What about us? I mean, I told you at the beginning, the, the key idea of the sermon is, I am never not carried by God. How do we get from the people of God to I am never not carried? Well, to, to make that that leap to cross that bridge, I want to trace just briefly how Isaiah shows God carrying his people. Uh, too quickly for you to turn there, but in later chapters of Isaiah, especially in verse 53, or chapter 53, when God sends a servant, he pictures that servant. He says what that servant is going to do, how is he going to care for Israel? He's going to care for Israel by carrying 
Israel. Chapter 53 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He's born and carried. It goes on to say, The righteous one, my servant, shall bear their iniquities, even as he is crushed under the weight of them. See, chapter 53 of Isaiah's writings is all about that servant who will carry his people by carrying their sins. That servant who will bear his people and bear with his people by bearing up under the crushing weight of their iniquities. So it's, it's no surprise then, as we get to the New Testament and we read Jesus' first followers watching him healing people, casting out demons, and saying, I've read that somewhere, surely he has borne our sorrows, carried our infirmities, borne our griefs. They see him on the cross and their minds go back to, he will bear their iniquities. How does the God of Israel carry his people? Well, we see it come to life in Jesus carrying our sins. A promise made to a nation now becomes an invitation to each of us individually to come to Jesus and by faith to give him the weight of our sins that have been crushing us. Which means for us now, when, when we are feeling crushed underneath the weight of our sin, maybe, whether it's that one big one that you hope nobody ever finds out about, or it's just the, the weight of a lifetime's accretion of minor mistakes and peccadilloes, whatever burden is crushing you down, when it's too heavy to bear, we remind ourselves, God is carrying us by carrying our sins. But it goes beyond, of course, as well. When we are at the mercy of circumstances we cannot control, a, a raging public health crisis, uh, the sins of someone we love spiraling their life out of control and dragging ours down the drain with it, uh, we remind ourselves we are never not being carried by our God. His carrying care is present in all circumstances. It means when, when we are suffering and wondering where God is, how does this suffering have any meaning? Why, why doesn't he just make it stop? Is he not listening? Is he not aware? Why doesn't he just do something? We can go back to verses like these and hear God saying, I don't just take your burdens on myself. I take the burden of you on myself. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to see him doing it. And so we look to the cross again, and we see Jesus on the cross saying, I take the crushing burden of your sins on me so that the burden of your sin doesn't crush you. I take the crushing, Jesus says, so that you can have the life. I take the burden so that you can skip away free under what would have otherwise crushed you into the dust. God carries his people by carrying their sins. He bears his people by bearing their sins, by bearing our sins, by, by bearing my sins. 
from before we were born to the moment we arrive to the moment we leave this world, God carries us. First and primarily by carrying our sins and secondly by carrying us through whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Because the, the people of God, the, the, this, this key idea becomes our comfort, the comfort for the people of God. I am never not being carried by God. So the question becomes, well, what do we need to do in our lives to remind ourselves constantly that this is true? To keep ourselves from trying to squirm out of his hands? To keep ourselves from being afraid that we've made ourselves too dirty for him to hold on to? What do we need to do in our lives to remind ourselves this is, that these words are true, not just true in general, but true for me? Because you may be thinking, you may be doubtful if, well, if, yeah, but if you only knew me, if you knew what I'd done, you would know God threw me down a long time ago. No, you are never not being carried by God. Even if like a little child, you're trying to squirm your way out of his arms so you can run off on your own and try carrying yourself for a while. He's too strong to let you down. You may be doubtful thinking, well, yeah, I know in the past that God carried me. I can point to signs of his blessing and know that he was carrying. But now, with what I'm facing today, with life as it is today, when every choice, every possible option I have seems like just variations on a theme of bad, how do I know God is carrying me now? Well, because he says, I'm never not carrying you. From before you were born, you were loaded up on me. I, I made it my duty after you were born to continue to carry you. And even until your oldest days, I will sustain you, support you, push you, strengthen you. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, yeah, but if God were actually carrying me, wouldn't I have, wouldn't I have gotten into the school I wanted? Wouldn't this pandemic have been lifted by now? Wouldn't my, my family still be getting along? Wouldn't my friends still be here? Wouldn't, wouldn't that person I love who, who left or died, would they, would they not still be here? Wouldn't, wouldn't my kids be able to sit through one of your two long sermons if God were really carrying us? And I wish I could say yes, but sadly the answer is no. That's the thing about being carried. You don't get to choose the path. The carrier decides where he's walking. The, the carrie just goes along for the ride. And rarely does the carrie get to say to the carrier, uh, no, um, actually, uh, you know, I was really hoping you, you would go that way. The carrier is the one saying like, hey, I'm walking here, okay? <laughs> I'm the one moving us. We don't get to choose. But at least we know we're not being kidnapped and dragged off into some, uh, some future that isn't for our good by some despotic ruler who finds it humorous to take us and test us and make a, give us as much pain as possible. We, we're being taken down a path that the one carrying us has walked down before us. The path of self-sacrifice, the path of self-emptying, the path of giving himself for us. You are never not carried by God. I don't know if this is weird or not, but I don't remember much 
uh, from childhood. I, I have very few clear memories of being a child. Either I was an adult way too soon or I hit my head one too many times. But some of my clearest memories, the ones that have stuck, are at the end of late night after dark family car trips. We'd go visit my grandparents who lived in Des Moines, and we would stay too late, and we would drive home, and by the time we got home an hour later, um, all of us were asleep, all five boys and mom. We were all passed out. And, and for some reason, I don't know, a kid can sleep through every bump on the road except for that last one where the car goes over the threshold into the garage. Uh, but it didn't take me too long to learn that if I kept my eyes closed and breathed evenly and pretended to still be asleep, there's a pretty good chance that dad would open the door, unbuckle the seatbelt, pull me out of the seat, and then carry me off to bed. Worked until I was 12. <laughs> because you've been there, you know for a child, there is nothing more comforting and assuring than being carried in the strong arms of a loving parent. You are never not being carried by God. I am never not carried by God. I hope that you can hear those words, believe those words to be true for you. Not just for us in general, but for you. I am never not being carried by God. So, so do, what you were do, do what you did when, when you were an eight-year-old and your mom or your dad or an aunt or an uncle picked you up and carried you to bed. Settle in. Nuzzle in a little bit where the warmth is and relax. I don't know where God is carrying us to, but I do know that if he's carrying us, then he's there also. That's enough for us to rest. Let's pray. Father, we confess like children, we long to wriggle out of your arms like foolhardy and self-confident adults. We turn our backs on you and say, I I've got this. I can carry myself. Help us at least moment to moment, from time to time, to, uh, to be cast back into that mold of, of child, of, of infant, of trusting in your strong arms to carry us, to carry us where you would have us to go and to rest knowing that wherever we go, you are with us. We pray this in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, God with us, who carries us, even while living and reigning with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.